0: Hey folks, it's Cody Stauffer with Playmakers Corner here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720 979 1914 to learn more today. That's code red or 720-979-1914 today. Now, back to the show. Hey y'all, what's good? It is Cody Stoffer here with the Playmakers Corner podcast and you are listening to our 3A end of the year awards where we take a look at how a player performed throughout the regular season. We had a ton of nominees for these lists. And a lot of opinions on who to comprise these pools of and ultimately came down to decisions for all of our awards that go from newcomer of the year that goes to the best freshman in a specific classification to offensive playmaker of the year, defensive playmaker of the year, most viable playmaker and our newest award this year, which is coach of the year we will go over a few of the honorable mentions at each position before we go over the nominees. And then to decide who is the winner of each category, we have votes and who is we? Well, we includes myself, Cody Staver, obviously of Playmakers Corner, Coach V of Playmakers Corner as well, Gideon and Gino, both also of Playmakers Corner. So that's the four PMC guys who have votes on this. And then for 3A, we have some new faces weighing in on some of these end-of-the-year awards here. Well, new faces to the series this season and uh, one newer face, period. But one of those guys who is brand new to this is Spencer of Box State Sports. Go ahead and follow Box State Sports and check out the content that he puts out for 3-5A. through And then our other vote is from Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone. We've been very close with Wes for... Ever since the first year that we went to state, I want to say is when we met, and uh, we see him on the sidelines all the time. He's a great reporter, great at watching a ton of games throughout the season and scouting talent. That's what he does. He's he's coach and he's got a great eye for it. And then our last vote comes from actually you, the fans, which reminds me, if you haven't already for four A and be on the lookout for five A, find us on Twitter or X, X is the app, Twitter.com is the domain, and follow Playmaker Corner so that you can see the polls for these end-of-the-year awards because your voice ends up mattering. For every vote that you cast, that is a chance for that nominee to win that specific media vote here. So that makes for a total of seven votes, including the Twitter slash X vote, and Very important here, the fan poll is actually the tiebreaker in case there are ever any ties here. So you, the fans, have a huge voice in that. So without further ado, we are going to talk about each of these awards. Like I said, the nominees or the honorable mentions, the guys who just missed the cut. Then we're going to talk about the finalists for each award, and I'm going to go through what each vote or member of this poll thought in their little blurb that they typed out, and then we're going to announce the winner. So let's go ahead and jump into it, right? So the very first award we're going to chat up here is Newcomer of the Year that goes to the best freshman in a classification. Let's go and start with some honorable mentions here. We have Cason Lopez out of Roosevelt, who had 28 tackles and six tackles for loss. Dylan Cooper out of Pueblo East, who went 23 of 26 on PATs and one of two in field goal attempts. And Kale Sollers, a safety out of Glenwood Springs, 20 tackles, a sack, a pick, and a pass deflection. Thank you guys so much for, you know, being mentioned on this list and for putting together a nice season. But let's go ahead and talk about the nominees themselves. Now, one of our nominees here is out of Palisade High School. That is Carter Hayward here, who in the regular season, which is a very important thing to keep in mind, is that this is a regular season award, Carter Hayward had 1,509 kickoff yards, three touchbacks, went 15 of 18 on PATs, three of four on field goals, while also notching five tackles and 37 receptions, or receiving yards, I should say, those coming against Glenwood Springs. Now, special teams, you know, those touchbacks, two of those came in a big win against Evergreen, so putting them in a bad field position, and 347 kickoff yards. He's one of our nominees here. Moving along here, William Basham is another guy here. This one out of Canyon City on the season, notching 34 tackles, a tackle for loss, and a hurry as well. His most notable game probably was Severance, where he had six total tackles at the gate, and then against, I want to say, that's Cheyenne Mountain High School, he also notched a tackle for loss, and his hurry also came against Severance, So a very strong start to the season for William Basham. And then Dolphka Lewis, this is a really fun guy that we're very excited to keep track of heading forward. This freshman season, under center, had 773 passing yards, 430 rushing yards, and 10 total touchdowns, 3 passing, 7 rushing. Some of his notable games were the likes of Lutheran, where he threw for 287 yards and two touchdowns to only one interception. He also threw for over 100 yards against La Junta and Canyon City. And then running the football against Pueblo South, he ran for 104 yards and two scores. He also ran for two scores against Sand Creek and ran for over 100 yards against Canyon City and a two-touchdown performance against Discovery Canyon. So that's Dolph Galouis, quarterback for Pueblo East. And then we also have Noah Lucero, the wide receiver slash safety for Roosevelt High School on the season, 348 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns, 83 kick return yards, 32 tackles, three picks, and then a fumble recovery as well as a field goal block. Now, looking at some of his notable games here, he recorded receiving touchdowns against Kennedy, Northridge, and Severance. And we, like I said, this is a regular season award, but he did have quite a... Very impressive playoff game as well. But back to talking about some of his regular season W's here against Resurrection Christian. He had eight tackles against Severance. He had six. Both those played very well. Two picks against crosstown rival Fort Morgan and one interception against Kennedy. Those are his notable performances. So with the nominees set of William Basham out of Canyon City, Dolph Galewis out of Pueblo East, Carter Hayward out of Palisade, and Noah Lucero out of Roosevelt. Let's go ahead and hear what the other fellas had to say here for votes. So, according to Spencer of Box State Sports, once again, go ahead and find these guys on Instagram or Twitter and give them a follow. But he said, Noah Lucero, quote, Dude came on strong and didn't take his foot off the gas all year. The only downside is not being able to have more years with Bronco or Xavier. This dude is going to be a stud for years to come, end quote. So that's going to be Spencer casting a vote, a.k.a. Box State Sports, casting a vote for Noah Lucero. Now, let's go ahead and move on to our other non-PMC panel member here, Coach Wes of Prep Red Zone here. He is voting for Noah Lucero, and he said, quote, Lucero immediately came into high school and became an absolute game changer for Roosevelt helping them make a deep run in the playoffs. That's a perfect example of an end in my book, end quote. So that's two votes for Noah Lucero. Gino here said, quote, with respect to other candidates, Noah Lucero ran away with newcomer of the year this year. With over 300 receiving yards, three touchdowns, plus three picks on defense, Lucero made it clear that he's going to be a key playmaker in Roosevelt's offense and defense for as long as he is at the school, end quote. So that is yet another vote for Noah Lucero. Gideon said, quote, Lucero came into a team that just won a championship and earned a starting spot, helping them win the pl- win in the playoffs. Without Lucero, I'm not sure that Roosevelt is a top 10 team. I saw him win a game myself, win a game himself, two plays in a row. I can't get over his impact, and Lucero is going to be the guy for Roosevelt after this season. Dolca uh, Lewis would have had a shot at this as well without his turnover problems. However, Lewis will be a player for years to come. So that... End quote. That is another vote for Noah Lucero here. Moving along, we got myself here, and I'm going to say Noah Lucero. I think that the play backs it up, and his aspirations match his talent. He's a stellar athlete with a good combination of hands, size, and speed, and he is a one-on-one threat as a receiver already and is slowly becoming more responsible on defense. So I really like what I see out of Lucero. I love the upside that he has, and I love the impact that he had as a freshman. Coach V said, quote, Noah Lucero, the impact that he made in that severance game was a big enough signature game to convince me he was a lock weeks ago. Stepping into the shoes of Tucker Peterson is not easy, but he made a name for himself this year. Going into the future, he will be one of their key players to build around, end quote. And now, let's see if the fan poll is going to make this a unanimous decision as William Basham received 6% of the votes, Dolphka Lewis received 13%, Carter Hayward 15%, and Noah Lucero with a whopping 66% on 175 votes. Remember, folks, go over to X or Twitter and cast your votes for these awards in 4A and 5A while you still have a chance. But the 3A Newcomer of the Year, unanimously selected, is going to be Noah Lucero of Roosevelt High School. Allow me to introduce you to Move the Sticks Virtual Film Academy and Recruiting Services with Coach Wheat. Coach Wheat works through personable one on one film sessions utilizing his experience as a high school, college, and professional football player to assess your level of play and help you develop into the next level player you are meant to be. With over 20 plus players on the next level, Coach Wheat's film sessions, college prospect assessments, recruiting consultations, and bundles will help prepare your prospect in a way that is both more personable and affordable than the competitors. Make it even more affordable using the promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. That is 15% off with promo code PMCO on mtsvfa.com. Visit the website or follow at MoveTheSticksVFA on Instagram or reach out to Coach Wee at 561-961-961. 8805 today that's 561 and that was just a quick word from our sponsor be sure to check them out but be sure to also hop over to x slash twitter so that you can cast votes on the remaining end of the year award votes that we have but moving on to the next category here it's time to talk about the 3a defensive playmaker of the year first let's go ahead and talk shop on some of these. Honorable mentions here for Defensive Playmaker of the Year. So, some of the honorable mentions, guys, who just missed the cut included Elijah Horton. He was a junior out of Pueblo County. 95 tackles, 6 tackles for loss. 4 sacks, a pick for 5 interception return yards. Easton Embry, a junior out of Palisade. 35 tackles, 5 picks, 61 interception return yards, and 9 pass deflections. Mason Kelly out of Lutheran. 29 tackles, 4 picks. 225 interception return yards, three pick sixes and five pass breakups. And Eric Rose out of Frederick, the sophomore, 95 tackles, two TFLs and interception and two hurries. Shout out to these guys for just being on the cusp of making these finalist lists. Now let's go ahead and introduce the finalists here. So one of the finalists, and this one is kind of a deep cut. If you don't know, out of Gypsum, Colorado, is Eagle Valley High School. And that is the home of Kevin Hasley, the senior safety. 93 tackles, 5 TFLs, 4 interceptions, 114 interception return yards, a pick 6, 3 pass breakups, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. Now, Kevin, he had some of his best performances this past year kind of against some of the better talented teams, if I have to be completely honest. And one of those games was against Delta. 22 total tackles, including 11 solo and then 11 assisted. In a win against Evergreen, he notched 11 tackles and a TFL. And then against Palisade, in a very narrow loss, he put together a 16-tackle, 2-TFL performance. And and with another 2 TFLs against Glenwood Springs in an upset win, those are some very good performance to have. In that upset win against Glenwood Springs, he also did have a pick six. In the win against Evergreen, he had an interception. In that close loss to Palisade, he had a pick. And in that win over Summit, one-point win I should mention, he also had a pick in that game against Summit. So Kevin Hasley coming up big for Eagle Valley when he is moving. So are those boys out in Gypsum. Now, on to the next contestant here is somebody who's still playing as of this recording on Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. And that is Austin Contreras out of Green Mountain, the senior defensive end slash edge linebacker slash linebacker. 38 tackles, 12 and a half for loss, six sacks, six hurries, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, and two pass breakups was good enough to earn Austin Contreras a nod here. Some of the games where he actually got to Play a little bit more just because Green Mountain has been up on so many people so often was including that one that week one win over Golden, where he notched three and a half tackles for loss. He also had another three TFL game against Evergreen as well. He had two and a half sacks in that game against Golden and a Sack in that game against Evergreen, and had a sack and a half against both Wheatridge and in a playoff game that is not counted towards those stats that I read earlier, but is somebody who's been a consistent force for the Rams, who've been a suffocating defense so far this season. Now, for Dylan Anderson here out of Northfield, he had himself a cool 50-tackle, 9.5 TFL, 4-sack, 1-force fumble, 1-fumble recovery season here on one of the best defenses in 3A football. That was the Northfield Nighthawks that were repping there. Some of his notable performances for one of the top defenses in 3A included week one against Aurora Central, notching three TFLs, and then in a very close win over Denver North that ended up being important for seeding later in the season, he notched three and a half TFLs. This was a game that I attended live and was my personal testimony to have him as one of our nominations here. And then in a close loss to Vister Ridge, he had two TFLs. His sacks, two of them coming in wins over Aurora Central and Denver North, and then in a close loss to Vista Ridge. That was Dylan Anderson out of Northfield, the linebacker-slash-edge rusher. And then our next guy here is somebody that a few people of us here at the pod have seen live and is also a very acclaimed rugby player here, and that is Marco Lapierre out of Thompson Valley, 57 tackles, Six picks, a forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries on the season here. Those interceptions coming against Summit in a win, as well as a fumble recovery and a forced fumble, and then against Loveland in a very historic win for Thompson Valley over Loveland. He also had a pick against Riverdale Ridge, Severance, Roosevelt, and Resurrection Christian. So... He's had great performances against some of the best teams in the state. So now that we know who our finalists are, let's go ahead and check in and see who were the winners here for this, or who earned votes is what I should say. And let's pinball off of our guest submissions on this show and start with Spencer of Box State Sports. His vote goes to Marco Lapierre here, the safety out of Thompson Valley, and he says, quote, This team has been in dogfights all year, and LaPierre has been in on all the action. He's a ball hawk and a good tackler on the back end of a very stout defense. He has also helped lead this team to the semifinals. He deserves to be the Depoy moniker, end quote. So that is Spencer out of Box State Sports. Coach West here submits his vote for Austin Contreras and says, quote, Contreras turned out to be one of the better linebackers in the state, regardless of classification. His contributions to the defense played a significant role in Green Mountain's dominant reign this season. One could argue that GM's defense wouldn't have been anywhere near the powerful unit they are without him. Dylan Anderson is my runner-up, end quote. So, Coach West going with two guys that know how to get into the backfield here, but ultimately submitting his vote for Austin Contreras. Let's keep climbing up our list here and see what the fans, you, had to say on this poll here And this was a pretty interesting poll looking back at the results from Twitter slash X here for Depoy. Y'all voted for LaPierre and Contreras both had 17%. Dylan Anderson of Northfield with 27. But coming ahead and getting his first vote, making this a three-way tie at one apiece, and even having the edge in the tiebreaker, was Kevin Hasley at 39% winning the fan vote on 529 votes. So y'all showed out for that poll and helped lift Kevin Hasley to the W here. So Hasley, LaPierre, and Contreras all with one vote and Hasley technically with the tiebreaker. But y'all already know that that's going to be irrelevant as we continue to go through these votes here. Gino voting for Austin Contreras. Quote, Green Mountain is the top defense in the state and Austin Contreras has been a key part of that success. He's been forcing bad passes all season with his game-changing speed off the line, and the Green Mountain secondary has been feasting off of that. I also like Marco Lapierre for this award, but Contreras has been the leader of an amazing Green Mountain defensive front, so he gets my vote for Defensive Playmaker of the Year, end quote. Moving on to Gideon, and I love the way Gideon types because you can see he's torn here as he says, quote, This is close. There are two guys here that I like for this award, Marco Lapierre and Kevin Hasley. LaPierre is one of the best players I have seen live. He just makes big plays in every moment and doesn't take a play off. He had team success and is hard to deny. However, Hasley is someone who is the leader of an admittingly bad team. However, with his leadership, they made a push and progression at the end of the season. Hasley has better stats, but out of need. Plus, LaPierre has more picks. Both these guys are elite DBs, but I have to give it to one of the best all-around athletes I've seen, Marco LaPierre. Hasley should be proud of his performance this season, though, and I would not be surprised to see him on a college roster next season. So that is another, end quote, that is another vote for Marco LaPierre pulling back ahead with two votes now. Now, I have a good opinion here, I would like to think, and my vote is going for Kevin Hasley. You know, Eagle Valley, they did not have a lot going on this season but Hasley's solo performances were nothing short of incredible with some of his best saved for their hardest opponents. Regardless of odds, he played fast and hard while giving this Eagle Valley squad some fire down the stretch. Which really makes this interesting here as Austin Contreras is sitting here with two votes. Marco Lapierre is sitting here with two votes. And now Kevin Hasley is sitting here with two votes. And technically the tiebreaker... But we need to go to our seventh and final member of the poll, your usual showrunner. You're not happy to hear me, but, you know, I'm stepping in here for Coach V, who says, quote, LaPierre is one of the cornerstones of a tough Thompson Valley team who is in the semis for a reason. The resume speaks for itself with interceptions against the majority of teams they played. Turnovers speak volumes, end quote, Mike, drop, dice roll, no coin toss, no doubts, Marco Lapierre with his third vote, and probably our most contested award to this point, and our closest win is going to be Thompson Valley's very own Marco Lapierre. Now, a quick word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Obviously, you want a trainer who can make you stronger and faster with the work you put in, but what about a trainer who can help you rehab and recover like the pros? Look no further than Junkyard Training that not only offers specific strength and speed training, but also offers a plethora of recovery and rehab techniques like cryo, cupping, recovery boots, and so much more. Learn more today by visiting junkyardtraining.net or call 303 521-7594. Once again, visit junkyardtraining.net or call 303-521-7594 and get started today. And thank you, Junkyard and Jesse over at Junkyard. Awesome dude. And, you know, really does care about football in this state. And so we're going to continue to talk about football in this state with our 3A classification offensive playmaker of the year award, But before we talk about the finalists, let's talk about a handful of awesome honorable mentions here that included Isaiah Medina out of Riverdale Ridge, 1861 passing yards, 19 touchdowns, 4 picks, 195 rushing yards, and 8 rushing touchdowns, so 27 total touchdowns, and Riverdale Ridge's very first ever playoff appearance. So kudos to Isaiah there. Jackson Fancher, the senior out of Durango, 1,129 rushing yards, 16 rushing TDs, a receiving touchdown, and 242 kick return yards and 200 receiving yards. Just a dual threat back here, helping Durango take care of business as they normally do. Michael Montoya out of Pueblo Central, the senior running back, 963 rushing yards, 19 rushing touchdowns, and three two-point conversions. Call it a triple-double. And Cohen Glenn out of Pueblo County, 960 passing yards, 13 to 5 TD to INT ratio, 419 rushing yards, 9 rushing touchdowns, and 344 punt yards. Those are your honorable mentions for Offensive Playmaker of the Year. Well, coach, if those are the guys that are honorable mentions, who the heck are these Offensive Playmaker of the Year candidates that did even better than that? Well, I'm glad that you asked because the first guy that we're going to talk about here is somebody who's been doing this for quite some time and has been constantly in the talks here for awards at the end of the season, and that is senior tailback Xavier Ramirez out of Roosevelt High School. This season, not as crazy of production, but still plenty of production, rushing for 1,418 yards, 23 rushing touchdowns, 179 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown. And on top of that, a kickoff return for a touchdown to go with his 363 kickoff return yards. If you take a look at his season this past year, because if you look through his career, there's plenty of notable games, but he had a four rushing touchdown, 140-yard performance against Kennedy, 175-yard performance against Fort Morgan, a 203-yard performance against Highlands Ranch High School, and five rushing touchdowns. So playing two classifications up, Getting the dub against Holy Family, 164 yards, three rushing touchdowns. Northridge, over 200 yards. And against Mountain View to close the season, also over 200 yards. So, just really a threat to just ruin a defense's night anytime he touches the football. Our next nominee here, and gonna be a similar trend in this award and MVP, is Gavin Ishmael here, the quarterback out of Frederick who passed for over 2,000 yards this season and threw for 26 touchdowns to just eight picks while adding on another 700 rushing yards and five rushing touchdowns. So over 3,000 yards from scrimmage over the course of this regular season. Some of those notable performances, including four touchdown passing performances against the likes of Silver Creek, a 4A team, Fort Morgan, as well as Denver North, all of those notching four passing touchdowns. Oh, and George Washington High School. How could I forget his dominance there? And then some rushing performances that I was a huge fan of. Nye with 156 rushing yards and a rushing score. And George Washington with another 150 rushing yards. Just a consistent threat to be a real pain in your neck. And somebody who got over 300 yards all but... Four times in the regular season. So just a constant hub of offense and playmaking. Gavin Ishmael out of Frederick. On to a new position here is the wide receiver slash athlete Jeremiah Hoffman out of Severance High School. The junior player, rat up 943 receiving yards, 12 receiving touchdowns, 59 rushing yards, 481 kickoff return yards, and two kickoff return touchdowns. Some of his best performances catching the football included a 168 two touchdown performance against Meade, a two touchdown performance against Evergreen, catching the ball against Resurrection Christian, put up 124 yards and a score, and then in the season finale, catching for 132 yards and three touchdowns against Northridge there. Just an absolute beast, and somebody who against Thompson Valley and Kenyon city had over a hundred kickoff return yards in those games. That's Jeremiah Hoffman, the silver Knight of severance. And our last nominee here is our last finalist. I should say is Frankie Dardano, the senior quarterback shout out Victor over there, coach Orta, uh, you know, doing his thing and helping progress Colorado football and uh, you know, Frankie Dardano is the next quarterback here that he got to work with, and Dardano took every single advantage of it, throwing for four touchdowns in the season opener against Pueblo Centennial, another four against Wheat Ridge, another three against Denver West, another four against Skyview, another five against Frederick. So just going absolutely nuts on his way to throwing 28 touchdowns, and then also had a two rushing touchdown performance against the likes of Wheat Ridge and finding the end zone just often for this Vikings team that really needed him for them to go back to the postseason for the first time in some time. He was a huge catalyst in that. Now that we have the nominees of Ishmael, Dardano, Hoffman, and Ramirez laid out, let's go ahead and talk about who the winner is. So let's go ahead and crawl down the line here. Let's go ahead and start with my guy, Spencer, from Box State Sports. Gavin Ishmael, quote, We played him last year at George during that crazy snow game where Honeycutt went off. The main reason that game was as tough and as close as it was was because of Ish. Dude has only gotten better and was the reason Frederick went as far as they did this year. He should have a number of colleges vying for his services after next year as he should be one of the top QBs in the state, end quote. So, I was at that game. I got to watch that crazy snow game and uh, Gavin was him during that. Now, Coach West says, quote, full disclosure, my selection for Opoy is tough because I'd pick Ryland Cooney from Holy Family for Opoy for 3A if he were on the list. I went with Hoffman because a wide receiver like him is a generational talent that any QB would love to have. Hoffman is a legitimate difference maker for offensive play callers and a headache for defensive secondaries this list is too tough to have a second choice, end quote. So, Wes, with the pulling from and maybe a spoiler on uh, one of our next guys here, and, yeah, no, this uh, <laughs> this guy here talking about how close it is, but I do like his vote for Jeremiah Hoffman. Now, moving along here, it's only going to get more money as Gideon Went with Frankie Dardano, saying, "Quote 3A O'Poy oh is impossible. All four of these guys have a good argument. X, Maya, Gavin, and Frankie all make sense. However, it comes down to two guys for me: Dardano and Ishmael. Both have both has insane years. With Ishmael's 3,000 total yards being among the best I've seen, but Dardano has a had a better overall year: 36 total touchdowns, 2,800 total yards. It doesn't make sense to me. Denver North certainly doesn't make the playoffs without him." You don't beat GW or Niwat without him. You don't come as close to Northfield, Meade, or Frederick without him. Ishmael is good, but he had less TDs and more picks thrown. This is a hair thin, but I have to go with my heart and vote for Dardano. So now we have Dardano, Hoffman, and Ishmael all with votes here. And you know what? Let's go ahead and just make it a little bit more complicated here with Gavin Ishmael receiving another vote from Gino saying, quote, There is only one game this season for Gavin Ishmael that you could point out where he didn't put up solid numbers. Outside of that game against Riverdale Ridge, Gavin Ishmael has been dominating for Frederick. He put up 244 yards on 70% and no picks and over 30 attempts against Holy Family and had some signature 4-TD no-INT games against Silver Creek and Fort Morgan. I think Jeremiah Hoffman could have taken home this award in a more favorable system, but that is not the case, so he's my runner-up, end quote. So Gino with a vote for Gavin Ishmael here. Now for me, I'm going to go ahead and cast a vote for Xavier Ramirez saying X's game breaking ability has always been known, but he branched out in other parts of his game this past season to be a better all around threat while still having the capability to rip off long runs, even behind an offensive line that took a step back. So now we have a vote for X. We got a vote for Dardano. We got two votes for Ishmael and one vote for Jeremiah Hoffman. What did you, the fans, think of this race? Well, let's go ahead and take a look at the Twitter poll here that had a pretty good turnout as far as number of votes go since over 700 of you voted on this poll, and man, was it close. I mean, it's funny because Ishmael, who currently leads, had 12% of the vote. Dardano had 17% of the vote, and then it came down to a single percentage point out of the 700 votes. Xavier Ramirez and Jeremiah Hoffman, both over 30%, but X at 35 and Hoffman at 36%. Way to show up and vote on that poll. 700 votes, both the communities of Roosevelt and uh, Hoffman's squad getting down for theirs in this vote. And Jeremiah Hoffman ties it up and has the tiebreaker for a potential offensive playmaker of the year swiping. But is Coach V going to uphold that? No, he will not in a stunning turn of events. Simon goes, quote, Gavin Ishmael, and says Jeremiah Hoffman is a close second, which is going to ring true for who wins this award. But to continue on what Simon is saying, Requote, and seeing him live confirms what I already know about this dude. But for Gavin Ishmael to pull together this Frederick team and play lights out in a second half regular season run that placed them in the playoffs is everything. He is their version of Blake Barnett and will be up for a big time senior season this next year. End quote. So Gavin Ishmael sneaks by with votes from Box State Sports that Spencer, Gino, and Coach V. Jeremiah Hoffman being the runner-up with votes from Coach Wes as well as you, the fans. And then Dardano and X both placing third with a vote apiece. And that's going to do it for Offensive Playmaker of the Year, Gavin Ishmael out of Frederick High School. Now, a word from our sponsor, and we're back with Most Valuable Playmaker. So do you want to know what the best-kept secret in running back training is? It's Mad Skills RB1 training. Coach Vaz is flipping the script and leveling up running back training in Colorado by implementing his proven, nationally-recognized system of training. Don't be fooled by the name. Quarterbacks and receivers become fundamentally sound juke artists as well with his training. It's evident the athletes he trains love him, Each progressive training session arms the athlete with a new skill set that prepares them to be shifty, powerful, and elusive. Parents love Coach Vaz because with his training, they receive free college recruiting tips, no contracts, and no drama. Message him on Instagram at madskills__rb1training or at Coach Cut Creator on Twitter X for more information. Off-season runs from January through July, so get in the cut and get some mad skills this off-season. And speaking of things that start with an M, let's go ahead and talk about the most valuable playmaker here. But first, let's go ahead and talk about some of the honorable mentions. Obviously, if you were up for some of the other awards, your name was probably tossed around in this conversation here. But we have a few stud quarterback athletes here. Riley Suarez out of Thompson Valley over the regular season, 14 passing touchdowns, 14 rushing touchdowns, and... Over 2,000 total yards. Reichen Doggert, who had 22 passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, and nearly 2,000 yards. Joaquin Sandoval, who had 758 passing yards, and then 14 total offensive touchdowns to go with another 294 return yards, as well as 70 tackles, two TFLs, a pick, two pass deflections, two forced fumbles, and... Three PITs here for the Honorable Mention. So that's Joaquin Sandoval out of Glenwood Springs, Reichen Dogger out of Lutheran, and Riley Suarez out of Thompson Valley. The first finalist that I'm going to talk about here is Tyler Harms, the senior quarterback out of Durango. Over the regular season, 1,611 passing yards, 430 rushing yards for over 2,000 yards this season, and then 17 passing touchdowns to so just one pick along with six rushing touchdowns for his finding the end zone habits. In some notable performances here, Tyler Harms has stacked together some good games, such as the three touchdown, zero interception game against Piedra Vista, where he also ran for a touchdown as well. There's the Grand Junction Central game, where he ran for 116 yards and two touchdowns while passing for another 123. There's the Summit and Glenwood Springs games where he threw four touchdowns to zero interceptions while also tacking on another 99 yards. So those are some of the notable performances of my guy here, Tyler Harms. Moving along here, we also have a huge contributor from a contender here, and that is Blake Westland here. Senior quarterback slash safety slash linebacker from Green Mountain. Passed for 700 yards, threw 15 touchdowns to just two picks. Ran for another 387 with seven rushing touchdowns, so 22 touchdowns in very limited snaps on offense. And also had a receiving touchdown and four two-point conversions. Defensively, he notched 40 tackles with three and a half tackles for loss. Two hurries, two fumble recoveries, two pass deflections, and four interceptions playing all over the field, being a threat, no matter what facet of the game he was asked to help with. And then he also has, or we also have Rylan Cooney, who him, he's a senior cornerback slash quarterback who passed for over 2,000 yards with 18 of those passes, finding the end zone. And then also another 17 rushing touchdowns with 536 yards for, so over 2,600 yards, and 35 total touchdowns to go with another 13 tackles, TFL, sack, pass deflection, and a two-point conversion. Some of Ryland's notable games this season included, you know, like the Lutheran game, where he threw for over 200 yards, threw two touchdowns to no picks, and ran for a touchdown with another 68 yards. He also ran for three touchdowns against Frederick, and Fort Morgan in those games. In the passing column, he also has a notable performance with three passing touchdowns to just one pick in a one-point win over 4A Broomfield, which was pretty tight. And yeah, he threw another three touchdown passes against Fort Morgan and Lincoln. So just a touchdown machine through and through, no matter how you want to do the math, Rylan Cooney was him. Now, Bronco Hartson is our final MVP candidate here, the quarterback-slash-defensive-end-slash-sometimes-safety, depending on the game, for Roosevelt. Over the course of the regular season, 1,445 pass yards, 17 passing touchdowns to four picks, 532 rush yards, and three rushing touchdowns, while also punting for nearly 300 and notching 46 tackles, six TFLs, a sack and a half, and a field goal block on defense. I want to talk about a quarterback who plays on defense here at defensive end. Very interesting combination. So let's see some of the games where he notched multiple TFLs were against Holy Family and Resurrection Christian, where he notched two TFLs in those games, and against Holy Family, notching 1.5 sacks. And against Northridge, he also had an interception. So pretty interesting combination there. Now for the good stuff here, or the best stuff, he also threw four touchdowns in that win, over Northridge and some other great passing performances against Palisade through three touchdowns, one pick against Rez Christian, much the same thing here. And you know, consistently throwing for a ton. His best overall game this season was against Fort Morgan 208 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, no picks, and 123 rushing yards against the crosstown rival. That's the synopsis on Bronco Hartson from Roosevelt High School. Now let's go ahead and turn our attention to these votes here. And let's see what Spencer from Box State Sports has to say. Once again, check out Box State Sports on Instagram. He said, Rylan Cooney, quote, Holy Family is my pick for 3A champs and leading that team to a top two seed with only one loss with as tough of a schedule as they had is Rylan Cooney. This dude and team are the real deal. With Cooney at the helm and this team on his shoulders, they should be the 3A champs without a doubt. That makes him my MVP. So Spencer also doing a little bit of forecasting of the future here. Now, Coach West is going to bounce it back here. But before I read that, I'm going to go ahead and read Gideon's back and forth here, where he says, quote, This one is between Blake Westland and Bronco Hartson. Westland is the best player on the best team. In person, he is borderline unstoppable. And he has only played in the third quarter of something like four games this season, meaning that his stats could be better. Bronco, on the other hand, had to be in for every down of Roosevelt's season. He was the hand that guided and heart that led. On both sides of the ball, he was either the number one or number two guy at any given point in time. Both of these guys played both ways, but I have to go with Bronco. Green Mountain is what it is, in part because of Westland, but his supporting cast is better. Neither team is bad, but Green Mountain would still be a contender without Westland with how stacked they are at every position. Roosevelt needs Hartson more than Green Mountain needs Westland. As such, I'm going to go with the Bucking Bronco. And, end quote, so to follow that up, Coach West goes, quote, to keep it simple, Gideon's last sentence is exactly why I picked Hartson over any of the others, but Ryland Cooney is my runner-up, end quote. So agreeing with the Roosevelt needs Hartson, more than Green Mountain needs Weslin. Just that if you subtract Bronco from the equation, the final product just doesn't look as good here. So that's two votes for Bronco Hartson to Ryland Cooney's one vote. But it's gonna be evened up real quick here as Gino is going to say, quote, 43 total touchdowns and over 3,100 total yards on the year for Rylan Cooney has been the recipe for success for Hall of family. He led the Tigers to a two-seed heading into the playoffs in a tough Metro Northeast League. He, was, he has the signature games against good teams and has limited turnovers despite a ton of volume in the run and pass game, so he's my vote for MVP. I love Bronco Arton's two-way ability, though, and he's my runner-up for this award. So, end quote. That's two votes now for Ryland Cooney and two votes for Bronco Hartson. Now let's see if we can make it interesting here. Coach V says, quote, Bronco was a close second, but this, but the big time wins Ryland was able to get over Frederick Broomfield and Lutheran, Parenthesis, not to mention barely losing to Roosevelt, and Parenthesis, seals this race for me. End quote. So that's another vote for Ryland Cooney. He said Bronco was a close second. It is between these two guys through and through. Now, you, the audience, you, the fans, what did you guys have to say? Let's see if you guys can help settle this here as Rylan now has a three-vote to two-vote lead, but I don't think that's going to stick around. As we look at the most valuable playmaker polls here, first off, you guys did a pretty good job showing up for that. 568 votes with Ryland Cooney only getting 28% of the vote, Harms at 18, and Westland at 12. Bronco Hartson wins the fan poll for 3AMVP at 42%, making this really interesting, a 3-3 tie. And with the head-to-head, if I choose anyone that's not Bronco or Ryland, it's an automatic win for Bronco. So... With all of the lights on me, with Rylan Cooney and Bronco Hearts, and sitting at three votes apiece. The winner for the 2023 Playmakers Corner, most valuable playmaker in the 3A classification is Rylan Cooney. I think that no team takes a bigger drop-off than Holy Family without Cooney. Every play is a possible TD, and he did just enough at corner to warrant slight defensive attention. In the red zone, he is a nightmare to game plan against with an extreme ability to buy time and keep his eyes downfield while rushing wise, so he's able to make defenders miss and accelerate in the blink of an eye. This was close. Both Bronco and Rylan were both very integral to their team's success. Their offenses don't work the same way without them. They're both incredible athletes. And to be fair, Bronco did outdo Rylan at home. But Rylan Cooney helping be a 4A semifinalist in Broomfield went a very long way for me. And what I saw in person from both these quarterbacks left me very impressed but Ryland Cooney just narrowly wins this vote 4-3 to in a really close one between two candidates to run away with the Most Viable Playmaker Award. And that all brings us to our last segment and our newest award, Coach of the Year, this time for 3A, where there's a ton of great candidates. And it's because 3A, as we talk about year in and year out, is the most competitive and has the best coaching. In our opinion, from top to bottom, it has the best coaching. And you're gonna hear why when you hear some of just the honorable mentions and how good these teams fared. You got as an honorable mention, not even as a finalist, Steven Robbins out of Lutheran, eight and two with the number two overall offense and the number seven defense. Chris Cotterman of Pueblo Central, nine and one with major injuries, the number three offense and the number nine defense. Jamie Steele, first year head coach, but has been in the program, led Thompson Valley to an eight and two record with the number four defense and the three seed. Now, still continuing Matt Burton of Durango here, number five offense and number five defense, and then Matt Lloyd for Frederick barely sneaks in here at six and four and the 12 seed. But let's talk about some of these nominations here. First up, we got a familiar name. That is Lane Wassinger here out of Roosevelt, leading the Rough Riders to an 8-2 record despite heavy graduation rates from last season and the number six overall offense with some notable wins against the likes of, you guessed it, Holy Family and squads like that. Now moving ahead here, we got... Jesse German for Green Mountain here. This Green Mountain team in the regular season went 10-0 with the number one overall ranked scoring offense, averaging like over 50 points per game, and the number one overall ranked defense, allowing less than 50 points all season. Notable wins include a 4A win against Golden a win over Four A Pueblo South, a win over Mead High School, and a win over well, that starts to look into the postseason. But Severance, so and they've been taking care of business in the postseason. Now, hopping over, we have a new face here, Wayne Voorhees for Riverdale Ridge. Led this Ravens team to an eight and two record with the number three overall defense and the number nine offense in the state here. And most importantly, gave Riverdale their very first ever playoff berth in program history. So huge congrats to Riverdale Ridge and to Wayne Voorhees here on awesome seasons. And last but not least here, our last coach of the year finalist is Michael Gabriel of Holy Family, 9-1 overall record with the number 8 defense, the number 6 overall point differential, and obviously the 2 seed in the postseason. So let's go ahead and jump into our analysis here. Our very first vote comes from Spencer of Box State Sports, and his vote is going to be for Michael Gabriel, saying, quote, We knew Green Mountain was going to be good, but their week schedule made them look like world beaters. I think they're full of false bravado, and they lacked any sort of class when we played them this year. I honestly hope it all comes crashing down for them this year, and they're forced to eat a huge piece of humble pie that they badly are in need of holy family on the other hand has constantly been going up the biggest and best this year and have come out on top every time but once they're battle tested and gabriel has shown time and time again that he is a well respected and class act of a head coach and quote so in short that is a vote for michael gabriel of holy family now coach Wes here is going to say quote coaching picks is a tough one for me in general so i'm going to default on this one to german because I coached against him when I was at Littleton. From an opponent's standpoint, his program is legit, and he stayed consistent for years. Coach Lane Wassinger is my runner-up for the same consistency reason, end quote. So Coach West putting in the first vote for Jesse German. We have a tie at one apiece. And speaking of Lane Wassinger here, if we look at the Twitter polls, that is what you, the fans, said should be our coach of the year for the 2023 season. Lane Wassinger at 37%, Jesse German at 22%, Michael Gabriel at 18 and Wayne Voorhees at 23%. So Lane Wassinger with a vote. We have three coaches each with a vote. Now we look at Gino here and he says, quote, Green Mountain is the top dog in the 3A classification and Jesse German deserves a ton of credit for the consistent success that this program has had in recent years. I know that Green Mountain is loaded with talent and they haven't had the craziest schedule, but I think you have to recognize that they are rocking the top defense and offense in a loaded classification. There are at least six to seven teams in 3A that you could say had a very reasonable chance at State to start the year, and yet Green Mountain has stayed at the top so far. My runner-up would be Michael Gabriel over at Holy Family, end quote. So that's another vote for Jesse German pulling ahead 2-1-1. to to Gideon now says... Quote, guided his team to a second straight undefeated regular season. Coaches that I talked to describe Green Mountain as the only team they've ever seen that's unbeatable, double quote, unbeatable. And initial quote, back to Gideon's quote, number one defense, number one offense, number one point differential. The Rams are kicking butt, and a large part of that is German. I will say that Wayne Voorhees is my number two in this race for putting Riverdale Ridge into the playoffs for the first time, but German is hard to deny, end quote. Coach V here, just continuing to expand this lead, says, quote, this team continues to realize its potential and perform up to standard season by season. They were tough last year and continue to be tough this year. Whether they will be going to state or not will be interesting, but Coach German coached the best team on paper in 3A this last year, end quote. So that's another vote for Jesse German. I'm not going to disagree here. Look, an undefeated regular season. Meanwhile, the very minimal amount of points is truly eye-opening. Like, you look at how few of points... Green Mountain allowed. I mean you could count you could count it all for the regular season. Six against Severance, seven against me, that's thirteen. Three against Evergreen, sixteen, conifer fourteen. Those are the only points they they allowed all regular season. So thirty points in an entire season. I don't care who you're facing, honestly, that's insane. That's absurd is what it is. And so Jesse German will be getting my vote for coach of the year. And so with a whopping four votes, he will run away and be our 2023 3A coach of the year. Well, folks, that's going to do it here for the Playmakers Corner podcast. And just as a quick overcap of the awards, we had Noah Lucero as our 2023 3A newcomer of the year. Marco Lapierre is our Defensive Playmaker of the Year. Gavin Ishmael squeaked by as the Offensive Playmaker of the Year. The most valuable playmaker for 3A this season was crowned as Ryland Cooney of Holy Family. And the coach of the year that was anointed was Jesse German of Green Mountain High School. To partake in these votes and to see what the haps is on who our finalists are and honorable mentions, please be sure to find us on social media, whether that's Instagram at Playmakers Corner or whether that's on Twitter slash X at Playmaker Corner. That's where you can actually make the votes. And then Instagram will have graphics on who is being nominated and whatnot. We also have the list for the all Playmaker teams that are available here. That includes, which for this season, includes on the 3A level for quarterback, which we carry two of those positions. Gavin Ishmael and Ryland Cooney. Ishmael, the junior out of Frederick, and Cooney, the senior out of Holy Family. Running backs, we have two spots. Xavier Ramirez out of Roosevelt, and the other spot went to Jackson Fancher out of Durango. We have three wide receiver spots. These went to Jeremiah Hoffman out of Severance, Bennett Wilkes out of Wheat Ridge, and Ben Herbeck out of Lutheran. At tight end, we have one spot, and that went to Marcus McFadden out of Riverdale Ridge. For offensive line, we have two tackle spots and three interior spots. The tackle spots going to Colin Sturm out of Lutheran and Colton Patterson out of Green Mountain. On the interior, we had Vincent Johnston out of Palisade, Jude Suhajda out of Discovery Canyon, and David Ives out of Green Mountain. And for our athlete of guy who plays both ways and makes plays was Grady Forsyth out of Conifer. Defensively, we have two spots at interior defensive line that went to Landon Mrocek out of Lutheran and Nicholas Valdez out of Meade. At edge slash pass rusher, we had Fred Scott out of George Washington and Austin Contreras out of Green Mountain. At linebacker, being the more traditional like middle linebacker, we had Blake Weslin out of Green Mountain and Jack Easterly out of Northfield. At cornerback, we had Mason Kelly out of Lutheran, Easton Embry out of Palisade, and Mason Palmer out of Durango, since we have three spots. For safety, we had Marco Lapierre out of Thompson Valley and Kevin Hasley out of Eagle Valley. And then this also includes special teams that included kicker Cooper Bigelow out of Holy Family and kicker Aiden Aubain out of Discovery Canyon. And for punter, Caden Herrera, the sophomore out of Pueblo South. Those are all playmaker lists where we have specifications on the positions and only one team that you could possibly make on each classification level. So keep that in mind. Uh, We like to think that this list has a little bit more thought and consideration for the best of the best in Colorado football compared to all state lists. But if you want to ever see the graphic, like I said, it's going to be posted to our Instagram at Playmakers Corner. It's going to be on Facebook, Playmakers Corner, two separate words. And, you know, we also have a ton of content going on to Twitter slash X, like our polls. Go ahead and find us on YouTube where we post our episodes. Subscribe to us on there. Or if you're listening to this podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, something like that, make sure that you have notifications turned on for our podcast so you get notified whenever we drop a new episode. We also release highlight reels to our TikTok, as well as other content from all of our social medias. And that's just at Playmakers Corner. But that is going to do it. Be sure to also follow Box State Sports on Instagram, as well as find Coach Wes. He is on Twitter as well as Instagram. On Insta, he is under Coach Wes underscore twenty three, and then for Box State Sports, it's just Box State Sports, all one word. And then on Twitter, if you want to find Coach Wes, he is just at. Coach West underscore 23. So just the same on there. So show support to all of those guys that gave their two cents on our polls, and we greatly appreciate them. And be sure to give yourselves a pat on the back and continue to see how this Colorado football season unfolds.